0: America, my name is Imiyose Fernpong and I'm coming to you right after the Democratic Convention because I realized I was watching the convention. I wanted to see Joe Biden's speech and I was watching it and I'm at my desk and everything's all set up. So I'm just going to tell you how to interpret the speech because I'm sure you're hearing from the mainstream news about how brilliant Joe Biden was and about how this was the best speech of his career and how he really came through. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have other thoughts about it. The first thing I will say is he came, what surprised, one thing that surprised me about Biden's speech, I guess I'll go backwards. I'll start from Biden's speech and I'll go work backwards. But one thing that surprised me about Biden's speech was that he announced a federal mask mandate. Do you know that he announced a federal mask mandate? All right, so from public health and public policy, perspective that at first glance seems like a good idea except anytime you have a federal mandate that criminalizes activity black people we need to pause (laughs) like does that mean that the fbi can like does that mean that someone can say he didn't have a mask on so i searched him like i don't i don't know what that means i'm wary i i don't know I am I'm very wary. I support fewer people getting COVID, but a federal mask mandate just like kind of, he just kind of said it and then went on to his next point. And anytime someone says something like that and they have a history of putting black people in jail and sorting out the details later, I just think of myself as a big detail. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. Or I don't want my neighbors to go to jail. Or like, does not having a mask constitute probable cause now? Like I, I have questions. I have questions. But I want people to be safe. But I have questions. So we announced a federal mask mandate, which I, I have ideas about. Um, and then if you reach for your mask, is that dangerous? Is that going to be a reason that other people get shot? Or is it? We is it. Uh, constituting pretext now for all sorts of, like, state intrusions. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he did that, so that's an idea. He also had this, this trope, and I guess I have to forgive it because it's something that politicians do, about how America's better when we all come together. And that's just, like, empirically false. Insofar as the best things this nation did like, as domestic policy, was a matter of Americans really fighting other Americans. Like, often tooth and nail. Like, America internally produces awful Americans who need to violently be put down from time to time. And so until we actually deal with the institutions that create awful Americans, we can't pretend that we are not our worst enemy. I think America is America's worst enemy. Like, American institutions create awful Americans that better Americans have to then, like, smush. I'd rather dismantle those institutions, recreate better American institutions that create better Americans so that we can actually deal with our enemies within, right? So this idea that Americans are good or great because they're Americans, no. Like, at any one point in time, like way over a lot of Americans, I don't want to say half or put numbers on it, but a lot of Americans are jerks because they're American. Like, they are jerks in a peculiarly American way, especially around issues of race and labor justice. They, so, a little uncomfortable about that. Best part of the convention, though, Steph Curry's family. How adorable were they? I thought they were fantastic. They might have redeemed the whole thing. I didn't see the entire conventions, but I like them just kind of talking and the way it was editing much better than pretty much any of the speeches. He just might be a good dude. He might, like, Steph Curry just might be a good dude, good dad, and, you know, I, I think Steph Curry's probably just a fine human being. I don't know how complicated or or like complex he is, but he spent his whole life playing basketball. I don't need him to like know everything about political theory, but I think he, he I have every reason to believe that Steph Curry's a solid, okay guy who's not particularly problematic. Um, so and like I thought and I probably doing a great job with the kids. Nice work, Steph Curry. But yeah, that was the most, that, like, I liked that section more than any of, like, Biden's family talking about Biden. Steph Curry's family talking about Biden, like, actually meant something. And not just because he's black, but because he's actually, like, he seems like a th- appropriately thoughtful and caring and not irresponsible dude. Same with the family, the wife. I mean, Steph Curry, let's be honest, Steph Curry, in that segment, he spent most of his time, like, he'd hang back and ask a question. But his wife spent most of his time talking, which is indicative (laughs) despite what the uh (laughs) i guess we call that if that's what patriarchy is that's black patriarchy right so like if if black like that's indicative and i don't think most i don't think anybody noticed i don't because we're used to that and i thought she comported herself well i thought everything was fine and he did what he did very well, and I, I thought he was, I, I have complete faith he's a good dad. The daughters seem like they're doing well. His wife seems like a lovely human being, and everyone played their role, I think, swarmingly, swimmingly in that segment. I am grateful that Pete Buttigieg uh, gave a very mediocre speech or just forgettable. It wasn't, it was just a B plus speech, which is fine because that guy terrifies me. One of the reasons I am not supporting Joe Biden is because he has admitted that he thinks of guys like Pete Buttigieg as a son, and he's going to bring them in by the tens of thousands. You know, a lot of federal jobs are created. So tens of thousands of Pete Buttigieg's are going to be flooding into Washington, and I find them sociopaths. So, I don't know. Maybe you can talk to a few black people in, in South Bend and prove me wrong, but I, you know, I went to college with a few Pete Buttigiegs, and I have met them along my travels, and I know <laughs> not to trust them because they're sociopaths. So I'm very happy that Pete Buttigieg didn't have a 19 uh, 2004 Obama moment and use and his very good chops to uh, to uh, like bring down the house. By the way, he wrote. I read his book, and I read it and, 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 and a few speeches he wrote. He wrote a wonderful speech about um, uh, as one of the, the the massacres as a mayor of of South Bend. I want to say it wasn't the El Paso massacre, but he wrote a uh, he wrote a wonderful speech uh, about. Actually, it definitely wasn't because it was one of the anti-Islamic. Uh, massacres, and he wrote a wonderful speech to his people about how the Muslims in in South Bend are a not only are they safe in South Bend, but this is what keyed me that he's better than most. He knew that they he knew to call out that they were valued members of the community. We need you here, doing your work. You are teachers. You are firefighters. You are blank and blank. You are professionals. You are doctors. Um, we need you here. you're a valued member of the community. Our community does not function without you. I, he put it it was very well, and it's a very important point because we don't actually actually, especially Democrats don't talk about how important work is and being like a meaningful part of a community through work. And he nailed that not only will we keep you safe in South Bend, we need you in South Bend for us to be a South Bend, because we need your activity. We need not just your food and music. We need you to like teach our kids and be a doctor. So like that's that's good speech writing. That's good, that's how you make an argument. If I'm ever elected or campaigning for stuff, those are the kinds of words and arguments I'll make. And those are the kinds of words and arguments you need to make. And you also need it to be true. That means you need to figure out a way to fit people into a community in a meaningful way. And that means ceding them a little bit of power enough so that it's, it, you're kind of vulnerable to them, And but the, your, their work is necessary. you are all kind of organs of a functioning body. Right, so he understood that uh, enough to put it in the letter, but thankfully his speech tonight at the DNC was worse than that letter he sent to the people of South Bend after the uh, the massacre, the anti-Islam massacre. So what else about um, Biden's speech? It He said he wasn't the president. What, he, he's going to be the president of all Americans and black people. When people like Joe Biden tell you that they're going to be the we, uh, black, we're going to vote for the Democrat 85 to 95 percent. Joe Biden just says that he's not going to be the president of black people. You're not going to get anything special. Uh, he's going to be the president of America, not the people who elected, not the people who elected him. I would kind of like him to be the president of the people who elect him, or at least the people with the biggest justice claim. You know, the Venn diagram on that will be. So I, I need him to actually be good to black people if he's elected and actually do stuff that, like, and... and, and Address our justice claim because our claim is America's problem. But the problem, since internally I've talked about it, internally America produces a whole lot of jerks. If you represent those jerks, you're not going to represent the people who want to fight the jerks. So there is a uh, yeah. <laughs> I I I have I have I have problems with that approach. That. When you say that you're not the president of, America, of black America or like the people who put you in, you're the president of all Americans. But like most of, like a lot of, uh, most Americans are racist and I uh, think of black people as moderately disposable or at least more disposable than people they actually care about. So I don't want you to represent them. I want you to represent my justice claim against them. Is that, are we clear? So when you say that, like, well, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna work with the people who didn't elect me as hard as I work for the people who elected me, like, no, you should work for the people who elected you because they have better judgment in electing you. Not just because they happen to win, but because they have better judgment in electing you. right? And the people who don't elect you lost. So you, you get to, in a way, treat them like losers. Like they lost, they got to sit down for a while. That's fine. Because they're going to have to sit down if we're going to rise up black people. So this notion that uh, you don't, uh, yeah, there's this notion that you don't have to be nice to your enemies when your enemies are wrong, and there's a reason why they're your enemies. It's not some sort of arbitrary like, well, we just flipped coins and I happen to be president, so I have to respect the people who chose heads. <laughs> we didn't rock, paper, scissors it. Uh, I have to respect the people who chose heads as much as uh the people who chose tails like no they chose the losing side for reasons and i'm going to need you to pay attention to the people who elected you more because we chose you for reasons not that complicated but that's where it is and I, i'm and kamala harris said this, kamala harris said the same thing in uh In a recent interview, she's not going to do anything special for black people. But, you know, I'm going to need you. Justice demands that you do something special for black people. By the way, Sandy Darity came out with a wonderful uh, paper on reparations. He just wrote a book on reparations, but he came out with a small paper on it. It's actually a good... It's, 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 it's a good distillation of the arguments he made in his book. But you can give it to people who say, like, well, what are reparations going to look like? I'm going to put it in the video right now. Darity's paper on reparations. Darity's paper on reparations. It will... I suspect that Joe Biden's people will not um, watch it, but they should. And... Uh, well we'll not read it, but they should. But now it's in the description of the videos, or it will be if you refresh or whatever. And it's a good paper, and I appreciate Sandy Derity's work. Another thing that is disturbing about Joe Biden. I mean there was I just I've, I I don't like the personal narrative of triumph over adversity substituting in for a strong theory of governance. I know it's popular in American politics, but what it does is, one, that generalizes all adversity. Like nobody, nobody voted for Trump because he he personally triumphed over adversity. I don't I don't I don't I don't think so. I mean. Unless you call it, they voted for him because he successfully got back from a handful of bankruptcies. But there's a way in which nobody voted for him because he triumphed over adversity. They voted for him because they wanted a wall. They thought he was going to get them something that he promised them. Like, I, the personal struggle that shows that you come up from the bottom and now you've arrived is a fine story, but I, I kind of want someone who's going to push policies that are going to make the world a more just place, not someone with a heroic story necessarily. Right? So I, like, I, I would be fine voting for someone who was kind of born rich <laughs> with everything, but still had the right policies and kind of the right sensibilities about what justice looks like in the world. Uh, they didn't have to overcome anything, but if they are going to institute those policies that would guarantee people a good like a job and health care and legal care on the model of single-payer health care, which I think is a very important issue, I would vote for them over someone who came from the bottom and rose through adversity and all of that stuff. So I, this narrative is not something... I appreciate it. Like, I, I, I know it's popular in, in American politics. I remember the guy from Hope, William Jefferson Clinton, but also with George W. Bush. Nobody tried to tell you that George W. Bush overcame adversity in order to become the man he was, but like, yet yeah, he was elected president because people wanted him president. So I, it's not the only way, what I'm saying, this personal narrative of triumph is, is not the only way. I don't even think Ronald Reagan... I don't, I don't know if Ronald Reagan's narrative was a personal narrative of triumph. It's, it's, it's a theory of governments they put forth. So I watch out for these Democrats and their personal narratives of triumph because they often belie a thinness of, of theory of freedom and the government's role in your life. So... Yeah, and if it, I don't want the sense that if it didn't happen to Joe Biden personally, he's not going to worry about it. <laughs> because, you know, that's a lot of things that happened to a lot of Americans didn't happen to Joe Biden personally, and I need him to worry about that stuff too. So it was a fine convention. I actually think the RNC convention is going to be more entertaining. I think it might be produced better. Just because Trump was a reality television, you know, before he gave the of huge rallies and all that. He was a reality television guy. Doesn't he have all of those producers on in his Rolodex? Like, hasn't he been making marketing videos forever? Like, I just imagine that if I'm Trump, I put my entire marketing. It's a big infomercial now, since it's not a real convention. You don't have to worry about crowds. And you're just delivering directly to camera. Don't you just put your entire marketing budget, like everyone from Fox News, and say what you want about Fox News? They're a lot more entertaining than the PBS News Hour or anything on NPR, right? So they know how to create an entertaining spectacle, like made for TV. So I suspect, I strongly suspect, that the RNC will be, um, you know, more entertaining. Also, there are a lot of 1996 RNC speakers who were featured at the DNC panel. And I, I feel some sort of way about that. Because one, like, Dole lost <laughs> like, like uh, in 96. So having like his people in 96, uh, the, the Kasich and yeah. So all of these people who came and spoken and are now supporting um, uh, Joe Biden. I, I don't know how Joe Biden works so well. Uh, one thing, one other thing about Joe Biden that uh, that worries me, and I you can't underestimate this because I think it's very important. The guy's a deficit hawk, right? And same with Kasich. That's why they're all so comfortable together. And a deficit hawk will never secure freedom for black people, right? So if it becomes if it's a matter of balancing the budget, and the budget is just the amount of money we take back versus the amount of money we give in, it doesn't really it's it's at the federal level it doesn't matter as much. So if the deficit is just a matter of balancing the budget or spending money to hire contractors, especially black ones, to rip out pipes in you know, the American South and in Flint or everywhere there's lead water, like I'm going to say like just, you know, add it on to the deficit and pay the American contractors to rip out pipes and sanitation systems and do what we need to do to make black people whole, right? So I worry about there's a, there's a peculiar kind of damage that Democrats, especially Democrats like Joe Biden, can do to racial and labor justice that can't be done. Like, he was on the wrong side of the crime bill and he was on the wrong side of NAFTA. That's a problem. Um, that And those are things that Republicans wanted but couldn't get done under Reagan, but had to get done under, uh, you know, guys like Clinton and Biden. So I have issues... I'm not the hugest fan. I I see one of the virtues of Trump being that like he's exploded kind of our notions of what deficits mean because he's just ballooned the deficit. And it turns out the stock market's fine and the dollar's still as strong as it was because that stuff's tied to production, not necessarily the difference between the money we spend and the money we take in. So thank you for your time. I I mean I could talk about Michelle and Barack Obama's speech. I just don't want to see Michelle and Barack Obama. At the DNC for the rest of my life, I know I will, but I don't want that. I don't. I don't want that. I never wanted that. And the Clintons, like I don't want to see them every time. I don't want to see Hillary Clinton again. Like I don't. I don't want that. All of the good people, I would. I would have loved to see Rashida Tlaib. I would have loved to see a lot of other people, but instead I got the Clintons. So, and and the Obamas, who I I don't care for. So thank you for your time, and I will see you tomorrow when I do the regular show. Peace.